Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A dominant Oilers win in Game 2 in every phase. How will VGK bounce back on the quick turnaround as the series now shifts to Edmonton tied at 1-1? Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. We come to you daily from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen. Our podcast free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, at Lockdown VGK, and, of course, on YouTube, Lockdown Golden Knights. Please subscribe there. The Oilers, they overpowered VGK in every aspect of the game on Saturday, and they tie the series up at 1-1. Edmonton had three more power play goals, three more, and that's five total with the man advantage, which is insane. And Connor McDavid even scored a shorthanded goal for good measure for the Edmonton Oilers in the 5-1 win. So now all the momentum, Chris, on the Edmonton side, as they host VGK now for the next two games in this series, most disappointing, well, everything, as you go just down the list, uh, for VGK, defense wasn't good. Goaltending, subpar, subpar. No intensity. They lacked intensity in a playoff game, and they even had an extra day to prepare. VGK had no net front presence, which Cassidy was just screaming about the other day saying that that's what they needed, and they were very soft in the crease. And Edmonton waltzed not only through the neutral zone, but they also walked in on the net. How do you regroup after a loss like this? Besides that, everything is great, folks. Um, So before we get into all of that, and there's a lot to uh, go over with this, Edmonton had a good game. Edmonton had a very good game in game two one game of the series if you will Edmonton was very good they were the better team they were everything that Tony mentioned for one game it's one game no different than VGK one one game and we knew going into this this is probably going to be a seven game series maybe six most likely a seven game series and I know everyone in Vegas is thinking it might be a little bit shorter now because of how Bad things went, but let's start with history. Edmonton has been very bad recently in game ones and very good in game twos. Uh, I think they're like 6-0 and or 7-0 and or something crazy like that off of a loss. So that right there tells us something about whatever adjustments are being made by Woodcroft and his coaches and the players are responding well, whereas they're a step ahead of the opposition's coaches as they were yesterday. The first thing I noticed even before the friggin' dry cycle power play goal, which we all knew was coming. I literally put on Twitter, I said, great, power play, dry sidle goal announcement coming soon. And I think 30 seconds went by and boom, there it was. Um, but the first thing I noticed was Edmonton's exits and getting long passes across the blue line going almost to the red line, whereas VGK was limiting those. They weren't shutting them down on Wednesday night in game one by any means, but they were limiting those to, you know, not few and far between, but just it didn't like every 
every breakout felt like it was connecting early for the Oilers. And was that an adjustment by the Oilers? Or did Cassidy maybe tell the guys, you know, hey, let's take it up a notch with this game. Let's forecheck even harder. So that's the first adjustment I noticed. And unfortunately, the game got away after that. The game absolutely got away. So we really didn't see what Cassidy had up his sleeve for this game, where Woodcroft, you know, emptied the clip, so to speak. Okay. What in the you talked you were speaking a little bit about adjustments. What in the world was VGK doing on the penalty kill with that structure? Four players just sagging off and right near the crease, and uh, Edmonton just picked it apart. I mean, they came out with a new defensive structure. If you're gonna do something new again to catch your at least be a little bit uh, mysterious about what you're going to do. If you're going to try to catch Edmonton off guard, then come out with one structure that looks like that. Mix it up. (laughs) But every single power play, and that's why they scored three times, and it was just, it was target practice for the Edmonton Oilers on the power play. I cannot defend what they did defensively on the power play, uh, on the PK for VGK. Could not. So two things there, Alan Snell, I believe that's how you say his last name, yeah. um, asked that in the postgame presser. He's like, maybe this isn't working. You got something up your sleeve. It, it, oh. He said it a little better than that, but in not so many words, that's what his question was. And Cassidy did mention, well, first he credited John Stevens, and then he mentioned that for, for coming the first up with two that power- scheme? Yeah, well, he mentioned <laughs> the first two goals happened, and then after that they did switch to more of an attacking type of penalty kill where they put a little more pressure on and they did only let up one game goal after that on the, on the PK, which I guess uh, you can call that a win. And um, I forgot the gentleman he calls in every single post game show. He was actually, he, he made a great points. Uh, Edmonton's power play coming into the game was 59 point something percent, which is just stupid in so many ways. Well, we held them to three of six. We lowered Edmonton's power play percentage this game. So that's success, folks. That is success. (laughs) The Edmonton power play percentage lowered. So let's talk about that. But on a serious note, um, they got to figure something out. We did mention, and this goes back to my conversation with Gil, who I'll I'll actually be on Locked on NHL right after this show. Um, But Gil asked me two things, you know, basically what is going to either make or break the VGK. And I said health first. Well, we can check that box. Health is pretty good right now. And then special teams. We're losing right now. We are losing badly. We lost in round one. We're losing badly in round two. Technically, we tied the special teams battle no. uh, in game one. Okay. Oh, uh, Game two, five, we got our butts kicked in, five, in the special five, teams battle. VGK was just glowing about 5v5 where it was 1-1 in the game on Saturday. Come on, man. That yeah, team, no, that's I'm with you on that. That's not a success that I'm willing to that's celebrate. Not a success. Edmonton took no. their foot off the gas at that point when it was five v five. Yes, yes, that's not a win for VGK. No, VGK is game one. Know, it was game one. VGK is a finesse team. I've said this repeatedly, pretty much from day one of this franchise, and especially with all the skilled players I believe on this season's roster. A combined 124 penalty minutes in the game. That is of the utmost concern. Why? Because we talked about poise last week. Coming into the series, that was one of the keys. VGK lost their crapola. They just, they couldn't, they could not have composure in this game. So let's chop this up into taking penalties, you know, in regular circumstances. And then obviously 
all the fisticuffs and stuff like that. Because all that nonsense. I mean, technically, I think Mark Stone took the only bad penalty of the game. <laughs> the retaliation that nullified. What's that? Yeah, no he he slashed the, the 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 poop out of the guy's hand after he got a cross check in the back, and rightfully so. I mean, listen, defend yourself, and I, I'm okay with that at that stage of the game. I, mean, I think it was a four nothing game at that point. Take the listen, you got a freebie, take it, earn your two minutes, make it count there. So I, I'm okay with that. Um, you know, you look at the other penalties that happened. There was like two high sticks early in the game, and that's just, I mean. <sighs> You want to say be careful with your stick and what you do out there, but it's not that easy just to simply say to keep your stick down, you're going for a stick lift. And, you know, this is where Mark Stone and Mark Stone actually picked McDavid's pocket a couple times in the game and had a very good game on the others on the on the attacking side, creating some turnovers. And Eichel, you saw that some of those moments, but he also did wind up taking a high stick penalty and all that, which probably resulted in a, a goal for Edmonton because I feel like every every PK opportunity or every power play they had resulted in a goal. So. Yes. I mean, I'm walking back what I said early on. I said, listen, they, you don't got to worry about staying out of the box. You need to find a way to stop the power play. The power play is unstoppable. Stay out of the box. I'm walking that one back. Stay out of the box, VGK, and figure something out where maybe, you know, but that's the thing. If you play less aggressive and give McDavid, you know, space and time, you're screwed. And then Dreisaitl is such a good passer on top of his finishing ability. He's got every bit of a what Jack Eichel has as far as creating space, coming down the edge, stopping. The difference is he has players around him that can get those tough passes where, you know, Eichel. Eh. And uh, something I do want to talk about, you can jump on this too. What's up with Riley Smith? He looks hurt to me. He does not look good him right and now. He and March is so. And that was one of my keys coming into the series that they had to score goals. There's something up with Smith. At least just be productive. Marcheseau be productive. Marcheseau had seven shots on goal in the game on Saturday. So he's starting he perhaps to cut. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, I think he might have had the most shots on net. That, 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 that's really like a third of the shots they had. Yeah, pretty much, right? You know, and, like and maybe so, a fourth, yeah. but still. No, they definitely have to get those two into the scoring column. That was the thing about the scoring column score. with Riley Smith, though. I know I'm interrupting. I'm sorry, but Riley Smith just doesn't seem like free for all. Don't worry, man. <laughs> Riley Smith does not just doesn't seem like he's he's engaged. He doesn't seem like he. I want to say his head is in the game because I'm sure his head is in the game, but I don't think his body is responding to whatever is happening. And you know, Riley Smith is not a flashy player. He can score some fun goals at times, especially some good snipes, but. You know, like a couple times you saw him maybe try and skate around someone. The effort was just poor. And he's just someone that's largely missing right now from this series. And Marcheseau, you said he had seven shots. Cool. I didn't necessarily see him. But, um, you know, at least he's triggering something. He's triggering opportunity. Where Riley Smith is just a guy right now. BGK, very aggressive on the four check in the first game. Non-existent in game number two. And uh, after the game, I did hear Cassidy say that uh, Edmonton, they had the puck. They held on to it. They were strong on it, and that is a major key in this uh, series because let's see now if VGK goes back to its soft ways. I was concerned about them scoring goals. I said they go into droughts periodically. We've seen this before in the playoffs. Are we going to go through that again? And then the major key, the major, how do you stop or at least somewhat control Dreisaitl, who now has 13 goals? You have to do something else defensively on Leon Dreisaitl. You do. 
pick your poison. It's either him or it's going to be um, Connor. Either way, pick your poison. But I think first things first, they have to at least find a way to neutralize Leon Dreisaitl. As a fan of the game, it's fun watching what's happening. Um, as a fan of EGK, it's not not as much fun, but you know, just watching this type of like surgical procedure, if you will, just the way they're going about their ways. And you mentioned poise. Um, this is something back when I had the the privilege to sit next to Mark Spector up in the press box. Uh, one of Edmonton's basically lead um, lead writers. And just watching the power play with him, and we're just talking about it, and the poise that the Oilers have on the power play, there's no panic whatsoever. Even when it seems like they're being collapsed on, there's no panic. And then you watch the VGK power plays. It's like, okay, Jack Eichel in the, in the third had a couple of shots from the elbow. One was decent, you know, like up high off the shoulder, and the other one was just kind of there, no one, you know – it's just night and day watching what's happening. So back to your point here, how do you stop or neutralize dry or McDavid? Um, you really need to go back to the film of the regular season games where the Kings, I think they, I, I don't, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the King, they never scored more than three goals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Kings did a great the Oilers job over the Kings. I thought so that that in the regular we, season, we talked about, yeah, sorry to cut you off this no, time, but yeah, we Hey, were, it's a free for all. Stop it. Hey, it's a free for all, but we were, <laughs> but Chris, we were talking about that before the series. If yep. they didn't dissect every, every single game that the Kings played against Edmonton, then that's on the VGK because that's what I would have scouted. And I would have taken a piece. And I even talked about changing the defensive structure if they could, for the Vegas Golden Knights against Edmonton, just to replicate what the Kings did before. So I want to go back here at the game where we were in Edmonton, where Nick Waugh won in overtime, where Evander Kane was just moseying about like a weirdest thing. I remember that goal pretty clearly. But I want to look at the, like, who was on, who was on the VGK, who was healthy that game? Which that 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 by itself is a a mystery. Um, looking down game reports, game summary. So basically, where I'm getting at here, like Teddy Bluger, you got a player like Teddy Bluger down the stretch for a reason. You didn't get him to get you through the last games of the regular season. Right. You got someone like Teddy Bluger for his defensive ability and, and experience. The, experience too. Exactly. So. Teddy Bluger, I think, really needs to draw into the lineup on Monday night. This is kind of the, the, what I put on Twitter about asking fans, do they think there's no changes to the lineup? Do we see Aiden Hill possibly start the game, which I'm not yes, against. He should. He or, should. I'm not against that. I mean, we can go a little deeper to that. Um, but as far as amongst the 18 skaters, I would really like to see Bluger draw into this game. And you can split hairs if it's Colasar. Colasar actually outside again, his butt pounded. They actually had a decent game on the offensive zone. He created some opportunity. He actually created some separation with the puck, one of the few players that was actually able to do so. William Carrier, I mean, what's he done since he's come back? Right. It's just no, nothing. I, he spent about 10 minutes in the box. Yeah, uh, fair enough. So, I mean, maybe you can split hairs if it's Colasar or, or Carrier to possibly take a seat if Bluger's going to draw into this game. And, I'd rather see Colasar draw out, but I think Cole. I don't think anything can knock Keaton Colasar out of this lineup at this point. 
BGK was sour uh, about the first two penalties, the McNabb cross check and the white cloud. High no, stick. he wiped them out. He wiped them and, out. <laughs> afterwards, they're like, yeah, maybe these penalties will start to be, you know, turning in our direction. Okay, whatever. Um, Shea Theodore had his pocket warfare. picked by McDavid, and then McDavid scored on the breakout. Uh, oh, I wanted to talk about Shea Theodore's girlfriend, his GF. <laughs> And something that she said. She, she needs to shut up, first of all. I'll okay. say it, but go ahead. Well, okay. So I missed her TMZ, as you know. So she goes off on social media yesterday, his girlfriend, or Saturday. Uh, do fans not know how lucky you are to have a team to make playoffs? Effing, stay till the end. Absolutely ridiculous. We all can't okay. take a helicopter to the game like like they can. I would. I might. Um, I might have. I, I would have, you know what, to be quite honest with you, I was a casual after maybe the fights in the second period and all the fracases, and then I was just back and forth. I, I, you know, I had watched the Derby at the beginning, and I was just back and forth. I, I lost a lot of my, I would have left the game myself. I would have left myself. Did you stay till the very end? Yes and no. Um, we yes stayed no. so... Once about, well, once about 10 minutes hits, um, we kind of started walking. My, my kid loves just walking around T-Mobile and exploring and stuff oh. like that. So it's a good way to kind of keep us there the whole game, if you will, to keep them engaged by just walking around a little bit. When there was about eight minutes left, we finally walked, but we stayed outside because they're actually showing the games outside again. So we watched it down there just to see some of the, the goofiness. And when there was about two minutes left, we officially left the area, quote unquote, by the time we got to that little bridge in front of New York, New York, uh, we saw the end little thing that happened with everyone just kind of doing their thing and all that. But no, listen, who the heck is Shay Theodore's girlfriend even to make a comment like that or fiance, whatever she is like, just shut up. Uh, you pay your money. The team lays an egg, like all the construction around the area, all the other things to do. Like it's over. The game's over. Like literally just shut up, mind your business, take your payment from the team and you know, F off with your day. Like, really, like, leave the fans <laughs> alone and WTF. don't create don't create any extra distractions right now. Seriously, or, just or animosity, right? I, I enjoy mean, the most, game. Yeah, and most enjoy the, the game uh, just like you are. You know? Most of the comments were not not very good. I mean, well, listen. How about she tells her boyfriend to learn how to hold the puck at the blue line well, and maybe not dance around that and try and you know play. Uh, Pitter patter around that McDavid dude, and then McDavid beats him one handed from the red line all oh, the way in. How about we off. focus on that, Shay Theodore's girlfriend? Okay. <laughs> Public enemy number one, Evander Kane. You knew who I was talking about. He was quiet in game. Shea Theodore's one. girlfriend, maybe. <laughs> but he more than made up for that in game two on Saturday. And he sent a very strong message, perhaps, by pounding the snot out of Keegan Colasar. We talk about that and much pounding the snot. <laughs> we'll talk about that. There's we'll no snot start. in the kidney, Tony. <laughs> right, right here on Locked On Golden Knights. There is no I in team. Well, there's an I in Chris. That's why he gets all the pub. Um, but there's no I in team. But there is one also in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours on. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you to do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that you could find your matched candidates 
And with Instant Match, over 80% of the employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description. And it happens very fast. And we get you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire the talent fast. Stop hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. The offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. There's no an I in team, but there's an I in Chris and in Golick. Little Chris, man, <laughs> he got the big W yesterday. Uh, hey, little Chris, man, it's it's not prediction time yet. So tell him to hold off for one more segment. And we'll get it's to not it. prediction time yet, Tony said. <laughs> <laughs> so it won't be okay. Okay, we will get you. We need your predictions there. Uh, it won't be forgotten, said Braden McNabb. Mark Stone chimes in post game. We got only four guys on the ice. They had five. The ref is standing there and letting him get hit. And him, of course, was Keegan Kolasar. Did Evander Kane cross the line by pummeling a defenseless Keegan Kolasar while Kolasar was down? No. On the ice, four or five watt kidney shots. No. He did not cross the line. Why not? No. It's a fight. It's a I fight. I counted it as a fight. Everyone was like, no, that's an assassination attempt. Or yeah, someone someone said assault and they should press charges. Assault. It's like, shut up, people. Um, <laughs> it's it's a fight. It's a fight. It's hockey. It's gruesome. It's hate-filled at times. Call it what you will. And after the game, Cole, Star, and Kane, they'll shake hands. And, you know, and they'll move forward if Cole Sarivan makes the handshake line at this point. But point being is that this is hockey. This happens. And uh, I mean, Tony helped help me uh, walk you guys right into this one. I was interacting with um, a lot of people yesterday. I had, had an interesting Twitter day yesterday. We'll leave most of that out. But the stuff we will talk about, um, I believe uh, uh, Seth was the, was the person's name. We had a real good up and back. Uh, we agreed. We didn't agree. And it was a fun conversation, as most Twitter conversations should be. And you know, this basically my quote to Seth was, do you think for a second, if it was opposite that one VGK wouldn't do the same thing, especially if Vander Kane's the one on the ground. And I believe Seth said I would get 50 bucks if uh, someone did it in this series. So I'm hoping that someone takes that shot. Cause I could use 50 bucks right now, especially after shouting out some money for different tickets yesterday. Um, but I was able to find, and, and, and a Sabres fan pulled this up of all people, but uh, our Beloved Keegan Kolasar, when they played the Blues earlier in the season, was taking headshots at someone when they were on the ground when the refs had them tied up. The player was defenseless. Keegan Kolasar was defenseless getting his butt kicked. Keegan Kolasar was kicking someone's butt who was defenseless as well. It's a fight. It happens. You keep throwing fists. And listen, if Kolasar breaks his stance, he's going to break away from Kolasar. Sorry, if Kolasar breaks away from Kane on the ground, he's going to start throwing punches. So it's a fight. You punch. If there's this honor and respect, the second they hit the ground, they're supposed to stop and there's not a ref around. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll buy most of that. 
But in that spot, the game is ugly. The game is turning. Any VGK is going to keep punching when they get to the ground right there if it was the opposite. And you 100% insert any expletive you want anywhere along the lines here. You 100% know if they saw Vander Kane on the ground in that spot, they are going to throw as many haymakers or more as Kane threw a Colasar last night. And I will argue with any one of you at TD Chris G. Bring it on. Okay. Uh, so Kane, he accumulated 14 penalty minutes. And some do believe that he broke one of hockey's bro codes. And uh, again, by hitting him when he was down. But this started as a fight. And then afterwards, Kane said, hey, you're going to mess with me? I'll, I'll show you what I'm made of, right? There was a lot paraphrasing, of Paraphrasing, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good paraphrase. It's a family right? show. It's a family show. <laughs> but they were chirping back and forth, the benches. And it could have gotten really ugly out there. Oh, Alex Petrangelo, man, come on. He needs more in his game. He more or less jumped uh, Bukestad, right, <laughs> which started the whole brouhaha. And then, and then he gets tossed down. I mean, if you're going to start a fight, finish it. it. I don't. I don't know what's going. Or get them when they're not looking. That's all Petrangelo's got when it comes. I know. To that that's sort all of he's thing. got. That's all he's got. I know. I don't know what's up with his game. I don't know what's up with his swagger lately. But he's a. It's a little disappointing. to to be quite honest with you. So back to the Kane situation and a quote that I took away from that, from Cassidy. And I, I, I thinking Cassidy had some words for the team after this one well, was yeah. that they, <laughs> uh, they, they were out teammated by the yeah, Edmonton yeah. Oilers. I don't even know if that's a word, but okay. Out-teamated. It's probably not a word. It probably wouldn't count in Wordle, even though it's more than five. Very letters. So it doesn't count in Wordle or Scrabble. It's not a word. Right. Is it on Wordle? No. Yeah. Well, Wordle is only five letters, so you have to I don't know. whatever. I don't know how that works. So point being is Edmonton was backing each other up in this game where, listen, in, in that cir- in that circumstance with Colts around the ground, nothing's going to change there because just everyone's tied up and whatever. Right after, I think Cassidy wanted basically blood at that point. Cassidy wanted something, wanted to see something after that. And the biggest difference I saw in the game, I put a tweet out there, there's maybe four or five minutes left in the game. Howden, finally, someone on the VGK went after the untouchable Connor McDavid. The only thing he was doing was pinning him on the bench right between uh, the home and the away bench, right in front of like where the national announcers stand. He pinned him there. He wasn't giving the business or anything like that, but at least he was doing something. You know, He's let him know he was there. There you go. And all of a sudden, from the blue line, it might have been the far blue line, here comes Zach Hyman, all however big that he's, he's a big dude and dude you don't want to mess with. McDavid kind of gets free, probably because Howden saw Hyman coming, and McDavid actually waved him off. He's like, "Just I'm go, I'm cool, yeah, go, keep going, I'm good." <laughs> didn't want to, didn't want a penalty, wanted to avoid something. But that moment right there, I think, is what Cassidy is referring to. And now here's my concern coming into Game Three. Patrick Kane is living. I'm sorry, Evander Kane is living rent free in every single VGK player's head, in Cassidy's head, in and all the fans. fans. Yeah. You gotta Especially play those that stayed till the end of the game. Yeah, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shea Theodore's girlfriend knew all about that situation because she stayed good. Good for her. Um, but point being is now VGK might get away from their game a little bit. They might want to send a message in game three and have physical play. Like this isn't the time for loser hockey. This is not the time to go after Evander Kane or anyone else. So you say that for the regular season next year. You got to go out and win game three because game four is going to be a heck of a lot harder to win as is game five, six, and seven. And you definitely don't want to be on the wrong side of an elimination game because 
whoever probably does take that three to two lead or three to one lead is winning the series at this point. I don't know if either of these teams can win two games in a row. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Theodore's girlfriend, she had to stay because she drove her to the arena, I'm sure. Uh, Brett Howden uh, mixing it up with uh, Brett Kulak, uh, too. And that does, does that count as a fight? Because Howden just had his helmet stripped. And that wasn't, is he, he again? I, I thought pulling the helmet off is not like, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm definitely not the it rules. It should be a penalty, right? It should be a penalty. He was trying to pull the helmet off. And yeah. that's like, listen, that bothers me more than Evander Kane pummeling. Uh, pummeling Colasar on the ground. Like, seriously, that's that's more dangerous. Colasar entered a fight, he got his butt kicked. He effed around and find out and found out, according to Evander Kane, where listen, you're not gonna start pulling equipment off of a player. Like, that's just dumb. What about the elite fighter, Nick Haig? He He's was he, tw- he tried to do something at some yeah, point. He, he wanted tw- one. He still had 12 penalty minutes. He did want something. Uh, maybe he goes after, maybe he goes after Kane. The VGK will de- won't be forgotten. Said McNabb. McNabb better just save it for the ribs. right place, though. You're not going to do this in the first or second period with the game no. on the balance. If no. the game is four to one in the well, it's not going to be four. If it's four to one, Vegas is probably losing. But um, you know, if the game is not in the balance, you know, there's five minutes left in the game. Fine, all bets are off. Let's just you know let, let the bodies hit the floor, so to speak, for both teams. Otherwise, if the game is close, you got to play hockey. Save the repercussions for the regular season. Save them for game 54 that no one gives a crap about. Wasn't it Hake who threw uh, Hyman in front of the net there? Uh, the collision with uh, McNabb, I thought. It was it oh, McNabb or Hague? Either way. Okay. So either way, I mean, it was it was the right call. I mean, it was, it was the right call. There was no uh, was, interference. There. Oh, no. Mc, McNabb wiped him out early in the game that knocked the net off. And then Hague, I believe, was the was the interference they tried to that was a Hail Mary challenge. That's all that yeah, was. Yeah, that was not point. a that was not a good challenge. They've done my they've kid done Chris actually caught it right away. I didn't see it. Chris is like goalie interference. Like he was yelling before it even happened. I'm like, really? And then I see him talking. I'm like, oh good job, Chris. <laughs> all right, man. We're gonna get to Chris's prediction for the game. Game number three coming up on Monday night. We'll also have the locks of the night. Don't want to miss it. Stay with us right after this. We'll get into all that on Lockdown Golden Knights. If you are looking for a delicious snack and you don't want all the sugar and calories, you've got to try the best-tasting protein bar ever, and that is Built. You've got to try it. And if you are like us right here on Lockdown Golden Nights, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then we've got just the thing for you. It's Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars, healthy. They taste amazing. Seriously, they are so amazing. You won't think that they're good for you because they really do taste like a candy bar, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while they maintain all the healthy macros, like only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to get uh, to wait around for your box of built bars because you could just go right down the street. Your local Walmart has them now, Sam's Club, or you could still go for the fantastic flavors to built.com. But head down to your local Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. Yum. And if you're close to Sam's Club, just run in, grab the 13 bar box with the hit flavors brownie batter puff and churro puff. And you could thank us later, or you can also go to built.com. 
Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick, and little Chris Golick in the house as it's time for our locks of the night and our predictions. And I don't think it's going to stop there with all the scoring and the power play goals and all of the sideshows and all of the kidney punches. And I'm going to go with 5-2 to two oil. 5-2 oil. I think that could have been the statement game for Edmonton. And I'm going to go with Barbashev and Eichel. Jackie, Jackie Aces has to do something, man. He's got to do something in game three. Little Chris, yeah, man. I mean, Eichel definitely has to show up. Um, I'll, I'll go second. We'll, we'll let Chris bat clean up on this one. Um, I'm going with, I've called the first two games so far. I believe my playoff prediction from the Vegas side, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, win. VGK wins game six and seven for a dramatic comeback. So I'm going to keep going with that. And I think Edmonton, I'm not arguing you either, Tony, but I'm right so far. So I'm going to ride the horse until it bucks me, sort of spear the bull until it bucks me. But so I'm going for two Edmonton. I think VGK maybe slows the scoring down a little bit, but we'll see if they can get enough scoring of themselves. So four to two Edmonton. And as far as players that might do something, I mean, March so has been shooting, I guess. Right. So maybe we'll start mm-hmm. there. And let's, okay, let's go with so Smith. Let's just go for either uh, all of it or Max Payne. So 4-2 Edmonton game three, Marcheseau and Riley Smith. Little Chris, what you got, buddy? I think it's going to be 2 nothing Oilers. And then, um, and then I think it's going to be Marcheseau and Stevenson that are going to do good. All right. Well, not if you say 2 nothing because no one's doing anything. Does Drysdale, does Drysdale get both goals too, just for the record? And McDavid, but yeah. Dry on McDavid score, okay. <laughs> Dynamite take. out on the limb. <laughs> um, I, I'm one of those Thanks, folks that does believe. We thought that Aiden Hill would get a start in the series. I think this would be a good spot for him. Brossois. I don't disagree, but I don't think he's going to do it. I think it's. I think he's a key roles with Brossois. But I think really? Aiden Hill would be a good choice. Mm, I don't think that that would be good. This is and, where it should be. I'm with you, Tony. Yeah, this is where yeah. it should happen because I – and this is, is not a shot against Hill, but – Brossois is our he's our starter and no, even if Hill does does really really well I think you still maybe go back to Brossois but mm-hmm. point being is I would rather be down two to one and go back to Brossois than be down two to one and rely on Aiden Hill to save the day so McDavid's second goal that's when Cassidy said afterwards the goalie needs to that's make that goal. save that's a bad goal. short side yeah he didn't I like don't, either of McDavid's goals <laughs> and then of course he didn't he never saw the puck on the Bouchard slap shot, which was a heater, but was, there was so yeah, much was traffic shot. in front. Yeah. There was a lot of traffic in front too. Uh, do you think that VGK could somewhat regroup in this game? Oh, I think so. I mean, listen, Edmonton, I'll, I'll go out the way I came in. Edmonton won a game and did very well in a single game of the series. Edmonton was good in game one, whereas VGK was just a little bit better and VGK no showed game two, but it's a seven game series. Cassidy's been around this block a few times, a few more times than Woodcroft has. So, you know, and we do have a pretty good defense, although we, we've, we've now given up, what, ten, uh, nine goals so nine far goals. to Edmonton, which, you know, um, again, back to Mark Spector, um, if it's going to be a race to five every game, VGK is going to have a hard time winning this series. Yeah. Um, we are now, we tied the special teams battle in one game, lost the special teams battle in another game. Five on five, things are going okay. Even yesterday, as weird as it, or even Saturday, as weird as it were, as weird as it was, 
technically it was still a decent game on the five on five side. And obviously it was a better game on the five on five side on Wednesday. So I'm flipping my script, stay out of the box, start with staying out of the box. And then we'll go from there. Okay. I do. I would like to see Bluger draw into this game. I want to see Bluger draw into this game. Same here. I'm with you on that one. Um, Public enemy number one said the first goal is important, and it stood up, of course, on Saturday. Uh, two twenty-one into the game, that can't happen. Where they score very quickly. Both games. Both, Both games. games. There was a response in game one. Nothing doing in the second game. Stay out of the box. Hey, twelve minutes. Kolasar, twelve minutes. Uh, Carrier, twelve minutes in the box. Um, Wah, take minutes. off ten of each of those, Tony. Those are two minute penalties that they they yeah, tag on tens okay. for. But I hear they what you're down to ten. But yes, even so, penalty minutes not good. And if I'm Cassidy, I just would have walked into the locker room and said, "Game three, poise," and left. That would have been it. I just would have had enough. I don't know what else you can say. They didn't show up again on a big stage. VGK just has absolutely no intensity. That's the part. And, of course, they got out teammate it too. See yeah, no, there's there's nothing. I mean, uh, like, I like I didn't mind Colasar's game. I liked if we're going to try and get something positive here. Colasar had an okay game. I liked Amadio's game as well. Amadio seems to be finding ways to create some space out there. Mark Stone has probably been one of our best forwards out there the entire series, just as far as what he's doing, what he's going through while he's doing it. Um, on the defensive side, I like what Zach Whitecloud's doing. Um, I, I've been okay with his game so far. Um, Nicholas Wass seems like he's just a guy right now. Um, Howden is at least causing some trouble up there. Fine. And Riley who's Smith biggest, marches. So what are we doing here? Who's your biggest passenger? Who's your biggest passenger? Biggest passenger right now who's just there and not necessarily contributing. Can I um, say Martinez. No, Shea Theodore. I'm blasting. I'm, I'm mad at Shea okay. Theodore. I'm mad at his family. So Shea Theodore. <laughs> All right. We appreciate everyone tuning their in. Their dog, too. Game number three coming up tonight, Monday night on Tuesday's show. We'll have a recap. Don't forget, each and every week on Friday, we have What the Friday, that segment. We went off the rails in this initial show for the week, and we started our campaign for WTF. So just like just like uh the hockey night in Canada. We're recording on a Sunday morning, guys. This is new for us where we had to reschedule everything for us too. VGK, it didn't matter when they played this game. There were no show on Friday. There were no show on Saturday. They need to show up. They could have played a game Friday. on Friday, it would have been the same results. That's right. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks again to our everydayers as well. People that tune in each and every day. Find us wherever your podcasts are available. For my man Chris Golick. I'm Tony Cardasco. So long from Las Vegas. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.